Hey everyone, welcome back to the Death Star Dispatch podcast. My name is Fred, your host. I guess I'm host number one tonight. And joining me, as always, is host number two. We have Ian, a.k.a. Talking With My Hans. How you doing, my friend? Essential, Fred. It's just every week, it's just an honor to be back, uh, quite honestly. And this week, man... We got a we got a real winner on this week's podcast. Let Man, me tell you, and that's not sarcastic. Like no, this is not. that's for real. Like that it, sounded it, sarcastic. It's always for real, man. But no, like, seriously, this is going to be a good one. Um, we say that every week too. But we, they're we all do. good ones, really. We have not had a bad podcast yet. I agree. I mean, I'm not being conceited in any way at no, all. When I we've say had I, great podcasts, I think so we've far. done a great job so far. But no continuing this winning streak that we're on with us, unlike today, the Phillies. Oh, okay. I'm still salty, guys. I've, if I drop Phillies nonsense on this, just keep going. <laughs> Same with the Jets because we got blown out again. Surprise. Anyway, um, joining us today, we have Andrew from Outer Rim Reads. How are we doing, man? I'm so happy to finally have you on. Yeah, doing all right, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to be chatting with uh, Essential Fred and uh, Knives Out Ian. Uh, <laughs> Finally, someone like is actually like following my knife adventures on YouTube. I, this is bad. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I can't believe I'm known as Essential Fred now. This is the strangest moment of my life. Essential um, Fred is such a great name. That thing, like, that's one of those nicknames that just, like, falls into your lap, and you're like, how do we not use it? It just sticks. It's, it's just, it flows well. It just well. rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I think I mentioned friend. I was going to do this last week, and I never did, but I'm changing my name on Twitter right now. Not the at, just the name, to Essential Fred. There you go. Essential. This is I for you, Carbonite Convos. This no, is for you. <laughs> this is for you. So, anyway. Forget you, Andrew. You stink. <laughs> Carbonite combo's better. It was good to be on the show. Take care, guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the podcast today. So, uh, Outer Rim Reads. Outer Rim Reads. I do need to say, extremely, extremely underrated podcast out there. Holy because, cow! Dude, Talk about the most underrated podcast like in Star depth, Wars. Like the amount of in-depth work you do on Star Wars books is like it makes me want to go read more. Like no I, joke. I, I am reading more. Because no cap, I, I want no cap. I want to come on your show and not embarrass the shit out of myself. Like, Honestly, I tell. I was just telling Andrew before we went on air. Before you were here, Fred, Fred, essential Fred. Thank you, thank you for that correction. I that, appreciate it. I told Andrew your podcast. I, I'm not kidding. You really one of the best out there, and I recommend it to everybody. I mean, all of my friends, like even in real life, if I'm talking to my friends in real life about Star Wars, you know it's good because they don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's why you made the YouTube channel. That's, That's why I made the YouTube. <laughs> but like, I'm telling you, this podcast, Outer Rim Reads, in depth. It it has its funny moments. I mean, it takes it down piece by piece by piece. If you are someone that just absolutely cannot get enough star wars in any capacity outer rim reads baby i mean what what more do you want besides an hour and a half on like this much star wars like i know yeah. amazing i appreciate it it's uh i've had a few people reach out and and say that they they like the pace it's like they can read along to the book as they're going on fred i'm uh, essential fred i'm glad that you know you're on the reading train even more now that's uh that's like the goal just to you know obviously i love doing you know what i do and just and covering each book but it's also just trying to get more people involved with the literature which and there's so much out there and granted i've only you know one se you know one book per season but you know the goal is just to get people involved and to let them know like how much great content there is just in, on pages and so I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're on the on the train now thank you guys so much and yeah. side note 
talk about some of the best podcast voices in <laughs> Star Wars. Andrew. I think I told him the first time on, I was like, man, this guy's got this guy's a smooth criminal. He's out there. He's just it just rolls off the tongue. Like it's just something you can put the headphones in and just be like in this the like just zen. Like, let me just listen to Star Wars for an hour and a half. It there's, really is. Yeah, there's been multiple people who have let me know that I have a good quote podcast voice and perfect. I, I know voice. it. You know, I, I do agree. try to make, you know, when I'm going through my intro, try to, mm-hmm. you know. Not not just make it as if I'm reading off a page, or you know, try to 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 get things a little we more, all do. A little more hype. Little something, um, something <laughs> exactly, yeah, we all do. it's good that it's working. Clearly, you know, there's <laughs> not, not. It's the worked first on me and Essential Fred. I mean, we it's love. Facts, it. facts. I mean, here I am. So it's uh, you are <laughs> done something right. <laughs> And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming to the Gas Me Up podcast <laughs> featuring our <laughs> But seriously, dude, your your content's amazing. I I am super excited for what you have to come in the future and. If you haven't listened to his podcast already, I, I cannot recommend it enough. It's it's so awesome. And, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to get into some of these books, but I think your show helps me with that. So I do need to extend my thank you for that because it it's making me feel like a better fan. I appreciate it. Anything to anything to help deepen the fandom. Uh, I'm I'm saying to the guy who has all the all the merch behind him and who is clearly already well immersed, uh, neck deep in the fandom. I can never be in, immersed enough unless my wife wants a divorce. Then that's a different story. But Ooh. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> dark topic. <laughs> <deep. laughs> we asked the hard hitting question. Well, now that I'm going to cut the tension here with a knife. Um, speaking of knives. Speaking of knives. Speaking hey, of knives. <laughs> Oh man, transitions today already on point. You guys um, do nail the transitions really well. I will, I will say that's all, Fred. That's <laughs> all <laughs> essential. I don't, I don't think I've done naturally. anything special. I just think here's the thing: every time I do a transition and I know it's good, I laugh and I ruin it. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Um, but anyway, let, let's dive into the first topic I have here, which is Outer Rim Reads. I want to know how you came up with the name of the show how you came up with your concept of the show, because it's not like you're doing an episode or two and talking about the book. It takes time to get through the whole book. Like I, like we were saying before, you know, it's, it's so in depth and that's, that's a unique thing about your show that I think a lot of people would enjoy. So I'd love to know how you came up with that idea and how you came up with the name. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, I think I'll start with the name just since I I told you guys off air that I have the list in front of me of all the potential names that me and some friends were going through. Um, And, you know, I had been doing a lot of research on before I even made the podcast, uh, just of, you know, pointers of, you know, a a good name, uh, how to market and such like that. And, you know, one of the one of the pieces of advice was to not include the word podcast in in the name. Um, and so I reached out to some friends was wondering, you know, hey, I'm trying to start a book podcast, you know, any any ideas. And so it was just a big brainstorming session. And I'll just read off the list here. Um, there was uh, Real Space Reviews, uh, Books and Blasters, Nabook Reviews, uh, Books and B-Wings, Pages and Parsecs, The Best in Bookstore, Search Your Readings. I like that one. Uh, and oh then- <laughs> my God. These are all amazing. <laughs> they were really good. It was so hard. That was probably, you know, I, I you guys um, with your channels, you know how much of a pain editing can be. But I think you know, editing, the, the pain of editing is nothing compared to the, the, the turmoil I had to go through trying to pick a good you know, pick out of this list of names. It was... I get it. I changed <laughs> my name like four times. That's why my YouTube views always go down because I keep changing my fucking name. 
But it's Bro. not changing anymore. But anyway, just take one of those. I mean, God. Yeah, the I mean, have copyrighted these yet? They're up for up for grabs. <laughs> they are really. They're all so good. So, yeah. <laughs> outer rim, so how do you come to the conclusion that outer rim reads is the one you want to use? Um, I think honestly, it just came to. I think it. I I didn't really want to go with any of like the you know books and blasters or you know uh, p- uh, pages and parsec and I kind of wanted to have something something a little bit more distinct than that. I thought outer rim reads kind of flowed well enough. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it is three words, but I think it kind of you know rolls off the tongue a little bit, uh, a little nicely. And I think that's honestly what I was going for is just something that rolls off the tongue pretty nice. Um, and I think I, I kind of got that with Outer Rim Reads because, you know, if you if you want someone to talk about the podcast, you know, you don't want them to be listing off. Um, he said something like real space reviews of Bespin podcast. Uh, and so I was kind of looking for something uh, concise. And uh, I think I think Outer Rim Reads checked that box. And that's, yeah, that was just one of the short lists. And I think it was between that and, and Search Your Readings. I think I really like Search Your Readings. Um, but yeah, Outer Rim Reads ended up being, uh, ended up taking the cake. Well, I love the name that you chose. And I, I yeah, it's three words. Uh, but I mean, it rolls off the tongue because it's three short words. So it just comes yeah. all right out as one. And I think it's great. Uh, yeah, you you and Essential it. Fred, Andrew, have <laughs> two names in, in the Star Wars fandom that really maximize alliteration very well. Outer with the R, rims mm. with the R, and then reads. It's all there. Yeah, it's, it clicks in the brain. It's got that, you know, the, the rule of three where it's just like, you know, everything is more <laughs> attractive in threes. Outer rim reads. Bang, bang, bang. Death Star Dispatch. D, boom, D, boom, boom. easy. And it's three words, death, star, dispatch. Everything's more attractive in threes. I think it's just, if you're into marketing, you, 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 you Google at this kind of stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. man, I mean, I, do you ha- like, is that like something that you are even like remotely interested in? Or is this just like, you know, a crash course? Like, quick, let me get on Google and like figure out how to make a good name. <laughs> Very much the latter. I, I was, uh, you know, like a lot of prep went into – you know, making sure that I was, uh, you know, cr- creating the show around, you know, uh, as as kind of like appealing of a, a name or logo as I could as I could get, and yeah, I definitely was was a novice coming into that. That's why I was just reaching out to a bunch of different people to try and get a consensus of what worked, and you know, uh, so I'm by no means an expert, but uh, I think. But then you get the name right. Yeah. But now you got to figure out, well, what the hell content do I make? Because we've talked about this a lot and it's, it's nothing against you at all because you have a great podcast, but there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about Star Wars literature. I mean, there just is, right? That's the, that's the fact of the situation. How do you say I need to make this somehow different than everybody else? That was one of the biggest questions and, and problems that I had to wrestle with, um, you know, in kind of like the months of prep leading up to even starting to record. Because there was just a bunch of many days where I'd like kind of sit in a cafe just for hours, you know, looking at uh, seminars and and blog posts and, and all that about how to start your podcast, you know, tips on marketing it and, and building community and effective ways to, you know, just even build the foundation. And one of the tips that was given is to to look at what other kinds of podcasts that are even remotely similar to the one that you're thinking of that are out there and yeah i did my research and there was a lot of like you're saying there's a lot of podcasts star wars star wars podcasts out there 
that, you know, review entire books in an episode. And there's a lot of, you know, many of those. Uh, there, I think there was one or two that did like kind of like half a book in an episode and, and stuff like that. But I kind of found the, the, the niche where I couldn't find any that did, you know, one, two, three chapters per episode, kind of like at a, at a reader's pace. And I got that idea. There was a Harry Potter, a Harry Potter podcast that I listened to where it's like this 26 year old guy who is just reading through Harry Potter chapter by chapter. And uh, for the first time, and I, I love that idea, that concept where it's like, I read Harry Potter like seven or eight times as a kid and I just could not get enough of that. But Listening to that show and just how in-depth you go in each episode, I just love the different insights that you can take from it. And, you know, me come into it, I was like, oh, I know everything Harry Potter that's out there. This is no no problem. But, you know, the, the value in listening to a show where you just dive in so deep, um, I really love that and the takes that you could take away from that. And so I figured, you know, I, lo I love Star Wars. If I can see if I can do something along those lines with Star Wars books. And yeah, that's, you know, I, I saw that there was kind of like that avenue where I could take where, you know, why would they pick Outer Rim Reads? Why would anyone pick Outer Rim Reads to listen to when there's so many other Star Wars book podcasts, but that was kind of like my in where that was, that's kind of what makes my show a little, uh, a little unique if I, if I can say so, is that um, I couldn't really find any that go at that pace, um, that in depth. And it does, it does take a while. That's kind of like the, maybe the biggest drawback from that format where it has literally taken me, I think season one, starting with reading through Thrawn began in January and only at the beginning of August that I finished that season. So it takes like half a year to get through one book um, where it's like, if you do a book review per episode, you can really knock out a lot of books that way. So that was like a risk I was kind of willing to take. I think the payoff was, was, you know, the, the, the benefits outweighed the, uh, the, the risks there where it's like, yeah, it's a really unique deep dive into, uh, into Star Wars books that I really want to take advantage of. And Fred, I didn't tell you this, but I told Andrew that after I made an appearance on the podcast that I told my parents about it, who are both school teachers. And the fact that you go chapter by chapter was their favorite part of the podcast because that's how they read kids' books. That's how you read books in school. You don't read the whole book and then come back and talk about it. You take it a little bit at a time, two or yeah. three chapters, right? And then you take your test and you talk about it and you have discussions in class about it. Like that's how groups of people read books together. And that's, it's a great idea. Like, I don't know, you, you've definitely found it. The fact that you don't have, you know, the, obviously the viewership of some of the longer term podcasts that have been out there for a while yet. But like, I mean, you really found a great niche here. Well, yeah, I, appreciate I, it. I couldn't agree more with that too. And I think, I think my favorite thing is it kind of, it takes things back to the basics. It makes things more simplistic where, you know, when you're, when you're learning stuff as a kid, learning can actually be pretty fun because you're taking it slow and you're, you're doing things obviously not at your own pace. It's at the you know teacher's pace, but you're still doing it at a pace. You're not knocking out all this information at once because then you get a brain overload. That's an issue I have with a lot of books in general like it takes me a while to read some books because i i don't like to just dive into it and read it as fast as i can anymore the older i get the more i like to just sit down with it and you know i'll pour myself a cup of coffee in the morning and instead of playing on my phone for two hours you know i'll i'll sit there and i'll slowly read the first few chapters of a book and kind of give myself some time to process what i read so i yeah. think taking it from a perspective where 
obviously people you're making this podcast and people in general make podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff to assist other people in learning what things in Star Wars is bringing to you via whatever media it is, movies, comics, books, TV shows, all that. And your approach, making it a lot more simplistic, but also so much more in depth than any other channel out there. I think it's just like a key to victory. It's one of the best <laughs> ideas I like I've ever heard. It's fantastic. I appreciate that. It's, I mean, that is kind of something that I had to find my rhythm in, especially, you know, in the early episodes is how do I, you know, walk through the chapters like I advertise myself to be doing, you know, it's just really just walking through the plot of each chapter, but then not get caught on like the, the nitty gritty details. And I did actually have to scrap my first recording of the first episode because I, I caught myself just literally pretty much just doing a close read. And that's not what I, I try to do. Um, and so it's kind of finding that balance between keeping it, keeping it simple, but then also making sure that I touch the the, the themes and the points that I, I need to, you know, there, why would I want to talk in depth about Arinda Price drinking a cup of coffee with a friend at the beginning of a chapter or, you know, when there's a lot of other, uh, you know, Im important elements to, you know, even within each chapter to dive into. And I mean, I don't want to take away for, and I don't mean to take away from any shows out there. And I, I know that uh, Ian with your, your uh, channel, you know, you do the book reviews there. I think there's a lot of value to be had in those where you get to talk about just the overarching themes um, of, of each work adequately. Um, I just, you know, it's like a different pace where some people just want to kind of like, you know, just listen, listen for an hour just about a book that they probably won't read. Um, and others, you know, are more attracted to, yeah, let's, let's take this at a, at a reader's pace. Uh, I, I'm not testing people within each episode. I'm not throwing out any quizzes or tests like any, any teacher, but uh, <laughs> I, I do appreciate the, but that's the ability where, to. Yeah, it's a great it's a great comment that you just made because me and Fred are like those two people. Like Fred's the kind of guy that wants to take it at a reader's pace. Like he wants to go deep. He wants to talk about that two or three sentence line. We're like, wow, I could get a lot out of this. <laughs> and like I'm certainly like that too. But like obviously by my book reviews, I love big ideas. Yeah. Like I love trying to figure out what the overarching theme is. I love to figure out, you know, I love to break down books on a macro scale level. So you know, it, there there is an audience for you out there, and I think you you will find it with this podcast. Okay, so you being so knowledgeable about books, definitely more than myself, <laughs> I would love to know from- Love that. I love the way you phrase that question. Okay, smart guy, since you know so much about books. It's true. <laughs> Tell us about books then. Since you're such a big Star Wars book fan, they three Star Wars books. <laughs> <laughs> okay um anyway smart guy uh smart guy andrew over here in the corner um no but for real you <laughs> you're such a big reader <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you got me so fucked up Nerd. oh my god oh my god <laughs> shit all right in all seriousness i want to know like your top three favorite star wars books you can think they're the best or they're just your favorite, whatever I sure, need to sure. know. Um, I, you know, I think uh, the first one, my, my favorite would have to be the first Canon Thrawn book. Uh, you know, I, I did season one on that, spent the last, you know, uh, eight months talking about it. I think that, you know, cause when I was starting the show, I was trying to think, 
of which book to use uh, as kind of like the, the starting point. And I figured that out of, you know, because there was a summer where I would just like read pretty much a Star Wars book a week. I would just go to the library, check out a new one. And I think out of all the ones that I read in that time, I think Thrawn was the one that stood out to me uh, as, you know, just I enjoyed that the most. I thought the story was pretty compelling too. Um, I just finished Chaos Rising 2. I'm going to try not to be redundant with just having just three Thrawn books as my favorite. <laughs> I'll spare you guys that. Um, I think the second would have to be Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Um, I'm a big Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan uh, guy, and I'm, I will be covering that in season two, so I'm really excited to, to jump into that. But I think Claudia's writing in that one and learning more about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, their dynamic, because we, we were Robs. Like, we only got them for one movie and you know I, i've i've been re-watching the, the films recently i'm just every time i watch the phantom medicine it's like i wish that we had more qui-gon and, and obi-wan so i think i really appreciated that book for the insight that we got into those two characters and for the third one you know i i know that you guys are probably uh <laughs> like i know that i don't have a certain i haven't i still haven't read it from a certain point of view i don't know that you both uh, love that one <laughs> don't from, say it is central fred I'm not gonna say anything right now. No, we We're just we just freaking love that book. I mean, we, I think it's it's obligatory for you guys to mention it once per episode, right? Am I? Do I have God, that right? That is so true. Right. It's such a good book. It's so good. From a we sp- recommend that book to everybody. I know that, you recommended that to me. Oh, stupid we job! Yeah, I did. Are for. Here we I are again. Cause, <laughs> I feel bad because <laughs> me and uh, Ian and I recorded for you know I guess like a few months ago now for, for my show and he had recommended to me from a certain point of view and I still haven't gotten to it. I feel bad coming back on the audacity. Um, yeah, the audacity of this guy. Uh, I can't I'll, believe I'll, this I'll smart take guy. My leave. This, this guy's like, oh yeah, I'm the Star Wars book guy. That's me. I'm talking, about the, I'm talking about the view. real books here, you know, from a certain point of view. <laughs> Holy smokes. It's like, the, uh, I am not being serious. <laughs> Ladies uh, and gentlemen, the Gas Me Up podcast is now officially over. Um, <laughs> get right. out no it's uh, it, that's okay a, a lot of people haven't read it it's not everybody's favorite thing or idea or concept and that's okay but, but i've got to get to it i've got to get to it and i will I, I i promise you guys that i think uh you know after finishing chaos rising you know my, my list is now it's got some vacancies so i might have to add that um i think just to just to top out my my three i i'm gonna go for another standalone here i i loved the uh darth plagueis book and I know that's not, uh, I don't think it's considered yeah, not canon, canon but. anymore, but I think that, and it was a, a tough one. I think uh, James uh, Lucino, you know, his, his writing can be, you know, tough to, tough to get through at times, but I think the story about, you know, Plagueis and Sidious and then how they contributed to pretty much everything we saw in A Phantom Menace forward and just unearthing how their plan to, you know, crumble the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith, like even even took place, even happened. I think that book is probably, yeah, that's got to be number three. Um, I, I love one, but I love your three picks just because of the authors. You picked probably yeah. the three <laughs> best. You probably picked the three best Star Wars authors that are going right now, but you picked three very different Star Wars authors. I mean, Timothy's on, yeah. You just you say it. We said it on the podcast. You know, uh, all all hail Timothy Zahn. You know, like <laughs> the the guy just 
he just knows how to write tension and just dramatic action. Like his books more than anybody else's books just feel like a movie. Like they feel like you're watching a movie. Every chapter is a little cliffhanger and a little cliffhanger and a little cliffhanger. And you just keep going and going and going the way he writes Thrawn, the way he writes, you know, thoughts and what's going on in people's minds is second to none. I think Claudia Gray out of every Star Wars author does relationships the best, whether it's friendships or actual relationships the the way she writes two friends being together, whether it's um, uh, Sienna and Thane Tyrell from Lost Stars, or it's Qui Gon and Obi Wan, just beautifully written, you know, character on character dialogue, and it really makes you feel like you're a part of that relationship. And then you mentioned James Lucino, who is neither of those things. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but he just. The, um, the wealth of knowledge that he knows about the Star yeah. Wars universe, just the depth of his writing, the weight of it is astronomical. It's so far beyond what everybody else is. Even Timothy Zahn, you know, Timothy Zahn and Claudia Gray are like, are like you know, fourth grade reading level compared to James Lucino. And you're yeah. so right about Plagueis because I remember reading that book and thinking, this is like reading through a medical journal. Like there are say. some <laughs> chapters where I'm like, Plagueis is just like going off on these monologues about the fours and the midi-chlorians. And you're like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. I've known Star Wars my whole life and I actually have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> but it's very interesting. But he did the same thing in Tarkin too. Yeah. Tarkin was that way too. Great book, but hard. I mean, very hard read. Don't take those lightly. Those are three really different picks. I love that. Yeah, I, 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 I love your picks. Your picks are fantastic. Well, thank I, you. I like that they're three different authors, all with different styles, and they are great. All in I appreciate own. it. Yeah, I, I I feel bad for not including either Queen's Shadow or Peril on there. I think E.K. Mm-hmm. Johnston, um, you know, a very very different writing style from from those three as well. But I think those two were phenomenal books, and especially what they added to. Padme's character and all that but if we're sticking to the top three then you know I think they, they get honorable mention um I, I will say I agree with Ian what you're saying about uh the how hard Lucino's writing can get like you know with the medical journal I feel like because Plagueis was part of the banking clan I think or yes. and there was just some parts of that book where it's like just pretty much you're just reading the economics of Star Wars and it was just it was hard it was hard but uh it, it did culminate to a really rich story. Uh, I it's I definitely would not recommend that to anyone who's looking to dive into Star Wars literature for the first time. No, um, that would be no. you know if you're doing the, your PhD in Star Wars literature, that might be one of them. But um, <laughs> still, a, still a great story. But. It's it that's a tough one, and I think I even said it in my review too. Fred, have you read Plagueis? I'm yeah. sure you have, Fred, because that was a book that came out in oh that was one of, not the last one that was oh eight. I think. I think so. It's more recent than you think it is. It was like 08 or 09, but that book, I mean, just it's all over the map, too. Like, you got Old Republic stuff, like, with Tenebris, and then it, it yeah. morphs into, like, this weird, like, cultish stuff, and then you got the dark side nonsense, and then it's, like, very action-heavy in some places. Crazy. But you're right about E.K. Johnson. Even she still, I'm looking at my books up on the shelf, is different from those three as well just because it's a she's she's almost like the judy bloom of star wars like it just seems like it's very where maybe claudia gray is a young adult ek johnson is a little bit younger adult 
Yeah. Like, like Claudia Gray kind of makes herself available to ages ho-hum 16 to 25, whereas E.K. Johnson's more than 12 to 15. I got that vibe reading Queen's Peril just because young Padme and Sabe and those girls getting together felt like a very, like, teenage preteen girls could relate to this story you know a lot of the stuff that went down in that book was very like relatable hashtag relatable to (laughs) somebody of that age group and you know it wasn't i still enjoyed the book but obviously it wasn't written for me it was very evident as i was reading like this is not for me but like god is this great and she yeah she she's really good too andrew i think you can speak to this she has not written a book that is long she has not written a James <laughs> Lucino length. She has not even written a Timothy Zahn length. Peril and Shadow, narrow. Even Ahsoka, quick read. Blow through that in a few days. But the yeah. stories still hit just as hard. They do, they do. I mean, I, I think I did get through, you know, either uh, Shadow or Peril. I think Peril was the shorter one of the two. I was surprised about when, I, you know, when it came in the mail, I thought it would be much longer than it was. Yeah, you're but- like, what? You know, it was it was good for me. I'm tr- I'm trying to read uh, you know 24 books in a year, and those two definitely helped uh, knock out a couple a couple easy ones from that list. But I mean, you're you're right. How it it doesn't take away from the quality of the story. I think I I really was blown away with, you know, how much of a a breath of fresh air those two books were, especially Queen's Peril. You know, diving into literally the lives of just you know Padme Sabe, the rest of her handmaidens—they're just teenage girls. You know, I think at one point in the book they just literally went to a concert, yeah. <laughs> and that's not something that I would think to you know think would have been included in a Star Wars book. But I loved how you know relatable and real it was. Yeah. You know, maybe not at times to me, but you know we were all young and wanted to go to concert once, a concert uh, concerts once, and. Right. We were all 14 year old girls at one point in our life. So, you know, hashtag relatable, baby. Uh, But but it was a a good, a good change of pace, I I think. And, you know, I I did really appreciate those, you know, for for what they added to the characters of Padme and Sabe. I think that Sabe is now, you know, if I'm thinking about top 10 Star Wars female characters, I think that Sabe is without a doubt in Mm -hmm. in that list. Um, But I, I loved, I loved her writing and I haven't yet read Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka's character, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to eventually knocking that one out. But yeah, definitely geared towards a, a younger audience still. But I think the the quality is still there, and I really really love those two books. Yeah, without giving you any spoilers for the Ahsoka book, just keep in mind that this book was published right before the canon switch. So okay, yeah. there are some things that conflict, especially now knowing what we know with uh, season seven of Clone Wars. There's sure. a, there's a few key details that are now not canon. So for people that have never read Ahsoka, I think it's worth the read, but honestly, it's not like my favorite book out there. Um, especially knowing now the story we got with her going forward, looking back at Ahsoka, it's hard for me to, to read that, but shadow and peril, I thought were pretty good. And I, yeah, I was a little bit more partial to shadow. I like Shadow a lot. Mm. Peril, she, yeah. Peril was a little bit like I could definitely tell. Like Ian was saying, this definitely is not for me, but I could still enjoy it for what it was. Um, for sure. My yeah. my favorite three books, and then I want to hear Ian's. All right, so um, guy. let's let's hear. It. All right, you listen. I gotta look. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> it's easy. Certain point of view. 
certain point of view. Hands <laughs> oh down. God, I love that book. I love that book. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Can you guys tell me more? <laughs> yeah. So a certain point no. of view. No. All right. You guys know by now, if you've been listening to this show, you know, me and Ian absolutely adore from a certain point of view. We've talked about this book, I think on every single episode so far, just a fantastic book full of amazing stories. Uh, it, it adds so much more weight to the original trilogy and to a new hope that I, it's, it's irreplaceable for me. I love the book so much. Um, number two for me, I agree with you. It's Master and Apprentice. I, okay. I love Claudia Gray is my favorite Star Wars writer. Um, Qui-Gon is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, his, his philosophy on how the world works is like right up my alley. I fucking love Qui-Gon, to put it as blatant as possible. Um, if I had to pick a master, it would be Qui-Gon. And I think yeah, nobody same. can write Qui-Gon like Claudia Gray. And no one can write relationships, like you guys said, like Claudia Gray. And that dynamic between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan is extremely entertaining and it's, it's relatable and I, I love it. Absolutely love Master and Apprentice. And I cannot wait to dive a little bit deeper into Master and Apprentice. <laughs> wink, wink, cough, cough. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> anyway, and coming in at number three is hard for me because it's honestly, it's a bit of a toss-up. Um, and these are going to be kind of out there picks. Um, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to go with for number three. Okay, then we'll hear the runner-up. Yes. So number three is actually going to be a new dawn. I... I love. I think it. does. Ian take dispute with that. Is that is that the one? I with, don't like a new dawn. Is that with Kanan and, and Hera? That I think? was the Kanan and Hera book. Okay, yeah. I haven't I'm read kidding. that one. I'm kidding. I just wanted to get. <laughs> I wanted to get him. You knew what you, you were fishing up. right there. Oh, I don't no. like. We're going one. fishing. <laughs> no, I was going fishing. I'm sorry. Number three is Lost Stars. I, I, okay, I love love Lost Stars. Um, I have not read that one yet, but I've heard as many good things about that as from a certain point of view. So. Lost, Lost Stars is the best book for somebody who's never read a Star Wars book to read, in my opinion. It's is, just, that, that's a lot to, that, you know, that's saying a lot. <laughs> it is, it is. It, it's, it's beautifully written. It's fantastic. Um, but my runner-up. New Dawn. No, Ian's, gonna <laughs> hate, Ian's still going to hate this pick. But my runner-up, this close. I, I love Catalyst. Catalyst is Rogue One uh, novel. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Okay. I haven't read that one, uh, which is I'm, I'm making myself look bad. I'm like Star Wars book podcast. This is two, two well, in a row that I haven't read. <laughs> Catalyst. Catalyst isn't for everyone. That's for, wasn't for me. And I know you and I have talked about that before, but yeah. I've heard mixed reviews, but I, yeah, I haven't, haven't read it myself yet, but I loved and, Rogue One. So I, right. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I love Rogue One too. I, that, that whole time period for me, like Force Awakens and Rogue One, fascinating, magical. Um, so reading Catalyst. Now, I didn't do what a lot of people did. A lot of people read Catalyst before Rogue One. Interesting. Okay. I did not. I read it afterwards, and then I watched the movie again. And I, I it made me like the movie even more, and I already loved the movie. So, I think that Catalyst is a fantastic book. I truly, I, I think it's great. Um, you got a great writer on board there, and. Who Again. is the one who, who wrote that one? Uh, Lucina. I, yeah. Lucina. Oh, Lucina wrote that one? So I guess I, I have to. Now that I know his style coming into it, I think, you know. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, 
It's very much a Lucino book. It okay. is. Which can be a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> as we it have is. discussed. And, you know, Ian will disagree with me on that, but, you know, it, it was very close for me to get in that third spot. I just love Lost Stars because, like I said, the introduction that it gives you to just Star Wars novels in general and the style, I mean, you can't beat it. Okay. Tell me. Tell I've, me been what looking you got at, I've been looking at my bookshelf. I've been staring up there for the past few minutes. And yeah. It's actually the three spot is it's tough. It's really tough. Number one's Lost Stars. Number one, it will okay, always yeah. be Lost Stars. I blew through 500 pages of that book in two days. <laughs> Still can't get over that. That's I'm not incredible. kidding you. It's, it was that good. I sat on the, the chair and didn't move for six or seven hours reading that book. It was... It, one of the it's one of the few reading experiences that I've ever had where I had an emotional reaction to the end of the book, where it just I don't know what it came over me, but just something in that book was just hit hard, and that was actually the first canon Star Wars from the new canon. It was the first book that I read. It was way before I even had thought about starting a YouTube channel or Twitter or anything like that. I was just wow. I mean, just beautiful. It's just a great. It, like Fred said, I mean, just a great intro into the into canon books. I mean, just really just built off of everything that you hear and see in the movies. I mean, it's all there. You know, it's it doesn't introduce anything new. It's just the relationships are fresh. And, like, it just – it feels so natural. And it just – they feel like real people. Love that book. Number two is Alphabet Squadron. I was wondering wow. if that was going to pop up there. I, I know that you had spoken pretty highly about that in your review, and I know Alexander that I've, I've Freed. read a lot of good stuff about it. Alexander Freed, that first Alphabet Squadron book, oh my God. I don't know what I was expecting going into that, but that was fantastic too. I mean, the characters in that are just l- lovely. He, Alexander Freed, uh, actually writes ensemble casts better than anybody in Star Wars right now. He wrote Twilight Company, and that's an ensemble cast too. Yeah. Very good. Squad, uh, Alphabet Squadron. Wow. I mean, uh, like Fred said, just about, you know, the whole in between three and four, how that time period is very, uh, you know, interesting to him in between six and seven, that whole yeah. fall, you know, Imperial Remnant stuff, man, that gets me. I, I, I just, I love that stuff. It even got me in the old canon. I love the Imperial Remnant. Yeah. Um, but number three, and maybe you can help me out here, Andrew. <sighs> I want to put Master and Apprentice on. Okay. Okay. I want to put Bloodline on. I've heard phenomenal things. I've heard Bloodline phenomenal things. Is that Bloodline also Claudia Gray? That's their yes. two, two Claudia Gray picks right there. Okay. But I think number three is going to go to Throne Alliances. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I absolutely I was not adored expecting that. Throne Alliances. I, that yeah. is, <laughs> I love that book. Loved it. From, usually from when people talk about the new, you know, the, the canonical Thrawn trilogy, that usually is, is from everyone that I've spoken to about it, Alliances as their least favorite, usually. Yes, so I, I know. Very, very surprising. Very surprising take here. It might be because it was fan servicey, you know, having Thrawn and Vader, like, yeah. together in the Clone Wars. Maybe that was it. But also, like, just, I think it was the whole premise that everybody thought Thrawn and Vader would be the badass duo of the decade. And, and then they it just, just are not. It was they not stink together. They're but, horrible yeah. together. And I love that dynamic. <laughs> it's or, one or of lack the, of dynamic, I guess. Yes, it's <laughs> one of the best dynamics. Is Vader and Thrawn just just not getting along? Because 
it, Vader is just so like not open. Vader's a closed book. Thrawn's like, let me learn everything I possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> and Vader's not about it. And I love that. And my favorite part of that book is the opening page. It's when Timothy Zahn dedicates the book to everybody that thought that dynamic would work. And he just goes off for 400 pages <laughs> yes. about how they're terrible together. <laughs> Which was, like, I mean, because you look at the cover of the book and it's, uh-huh. you know, Thrawn standing like, there with Vader. Let's and, go. You know, it, it looks like they're about, just about to take on the world together. And uh-huh. you know, I did not know what to expect, you know, because at the end of the first Thrawn book, you know, Vader joins the, the room and Thrawn and Vader meet for the first time. And it's, you know, a pleasant enough greeting as far as pleasantries can go with with vader know, <laughs> with vader <laughs> which isn't saying much but no <laughs> I, I did like how that just uh, uh zan took our expectations and kind of threw them out the window there where i think it, it made the book more interesting because the whole time you're seeing thrawn toe this line of saying you know kind of standing up enough to vader yeah. uh without <laughs> forcing vader you know without vader resorting just force choking him on the scene right there because you know you, you get a, a little bit into you, you know you get into vader's thinking uh in that book as well and you just see how much he does not like thrawn let <laughs> me get your thoughts on this fred we're having trouble putting this three spot together i have thrawn alliances in my three spot but i left out master and apprentice and i left out bloodline which i really wanted to stick you in left out from a certain point of view i'm done with this i, did. I was i was surprised actually i thought that might be the number two <laughs> it, i, I uh, we're talking novels from a certain point of view is not a novel okay okay it's fair <laughs> it's it's not i mean it's i just, personally just I, I, well just, actually. I just said i actually said star wars books i didn't say star wars novels all right well i'm, I'm sorry i, I interpreted it's that fine. wrong <laughs> No, but it, it, that's okay. From it's a certain just, point of view, you were, you know, you're right. <laughs> there, Look, but I, there are books that I, I really didn't like. Like I have, I gotta be honest with you. I, I, rev, I always say something positive or try to say something positive about every book because I do believe there are some positive things. But I really, I was looking up there. I'm like, there are some books up there where I really just did not like them. And that's I, fair though. I mean, not every book is for every reader, you know. I want to know, Andrew, yeah. just real quickly because we're, you know, we're trying to wrap this up at some point tonight. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to know, pick one book out of, out of these, out of this wonderful set of books that Star Wars has given us a new canon, which one has really disappointed you? That's a, that's, that's a really tough one. Um, because especially when I was kind of like on the, on the high of reading Star Wars books, there was, you know, there wasn't one that I did not like. So I guess, I guess I have to pick you know, it's kind of when you rank the Star Wars movies, I feel like, you know, usually yeah. people lo- love them all, but it's just, you know, finding which one you love the least, but you still love it. Yes. Um, that's a, that's a great question. I'm, I'm just going to judge this based on, on which book it took me kind of like the, the slowest to get through where I just wasn't captivated enough with, you know, reading, you know, uh, Poe Dameron, Freefall, or Thrawn, or Master and Apprentice, I could not put those books down. I loved them. Mm. Um, I think it might actually have to be Tarkin, uh, James mm. Lucino's Tarkin. I, I love Tarkin's character. I love the, the look that we got, the fresh look we got into his character from, from that book. And I will always stand by that I think he was the big villain in, in A New Hope. I think, you know, uh, he was, you know, the only one in that movie who Vader answered to, which I think is, is fascinating. Um, but yeah, I think it might have to be Tarkin. I just, there were times where I, I don't think he was done enough justice in, in kind of like thwarting the, the main plot of the book. It just, there were times where I, I was kind of just lagging a bit. Um, mm. 
where it kind of felt like it, yeah, I think that book, and I, and I hate to say it, but it, at, at times it did feel like kind of like a chore to get through, but I still, at the same time, I still liked it and the take that we got on, on his character. But I think out of all the books I read, I think that might be the one that it, it took me the longest to get through. And it's a relatively short book. So, um, yeah. but I still, I still like it for any of the uh, listeners who are screaming into their phones right <laughs> now, who are the, the Tarkin book stands out there. Uh, I still did like the, like the book, but. Fred, Tarkin guy or no? I like Tarkin. It's not my favorite book in the world, but uh, I like, I mean, I liked it. Uh, Is there a book that you were ever disappointed <laughs> with? Yeah, I was, I was disappointed with Clone Wars from uh, Stories of Light mm. and Dark. Stories of Light and Dark. I heard you both were, yeah. Bad one. You know, I just, yeah, I'm not going to say it was bad, but um, it wasn't my favorite. I was expecting something different than what we got. And there's some things that are great. Don't get me wrong. There are some things that I, I, there are some moments in the book I truly, truly love, but as, as a book overall, it's something that didn't resonate with me the way I thought it would, which Not, hurts. I, I, I agree with you on that much. Uh, really was lackluster. Um, even a new Dawn had some things that mm-hmm. were like very nice about it. I thought uh, Scully was a, just a hilarious character. I thought she was great. I think I, I really liked the, the sort of the bad guy. What was his name? Count Vidian. Count Vidian was very interesting. Loved his character. Kind of like a Thrawn-esque character. More of like a, I guess, if Thrawn ran UPS, like that was kind of Count Vidian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was sort of interesting. The book that disappointed me right off the bat, to be honest with you, was Black Spire by Delilah Dawson. Black Spire. I've, yeah, I think... I, I don't think I've heard as many good things about that as I have. Uh, the book was really good in the last 50 pages. Which, fir- <laughs> is it worth getting to those last 50 pages if those, that's the only good part? The first 150, Andrew, was, and I, I have nothing but respect for Disney, and I love Disney, and I think they've done an absolutely admirable job with this franchise. So many nice things to say. The first 150 pages of Black Spire were the most blatant advertising by Disney I've ever seen rough <laughs> it was straight up a, a, a laundry list of what you should do at walt disney world oh, doc no. ondar doc ondar That's the tragic. restaurant the whole thing and it was tragic i was reading through the pages i was like please don't let this be the whole book like please 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 don't waste this book <laughs> and they wasted about a third of it and it That's was so bad it was disappointing it you know there was no story. It was, let's go do here. Now let's go to the shop. Now let's visit the restrooms. Now let's go take a picture with Ray. And it's like, <laughs> can we not? Can but, we like get on with this? <laughs> I can give you that too. That's fair. But to me, the ending of that book is just so damn good. And that's what I'm saying. Like oh that, my God. So after good. you get past that and you get through the middle chunk of it, I mean, it's an exponential curve. Like it just goes like this and then it just shoots off in the last 50 pages. It's, it does get really good at the end, but man, getting through that first little bit. Oh, I guess that's like the age old question though. And I've thought about this before where, you know, if you have a book like that, where for the most part of the book, you're just waiting for it to be over, but then the ending of it makes it kind of, you know, almost worth it. Would you ever recommend that to a friend where if you know the ending is you know so good but it's a matter of getting there which i i never know uh, how to how to handle that if it's like if it's worth you know kind of like slogging through it until you get to the end or if, it's a great if question end, yeah it's a really really it's a wrestling question and i don't 
I don't know how to answer that. One, I'm here for answers. I'm here for well, answers. <laughs> I will say for Black Spire, it's worth it to me. Interesting. I, I absolutely adored the middle but more specifically the end there was some gut-wrenching shit you know like yeah it's hard there's that, some you know there's that some, ending's hard there's some tough stuff going on yep. you know like you know <laughs> oh, mm, mm. but it's tough uh for for that book specifically i would i i think it's worth powering through um where something like clone wars stories from light and dark not worth it just skip to the last story yeah. And I guess like it kind of leads me to a, a question for you both because you know I, I listened to you both talk about it and how it was almost you know pretty much just like a rehash of episodes that we've seen like pretty much word for you know word for word. Um, where I guess that's that's kind of like what I always think about when I'm going into the novelizations of the movies, and I've only I've only read the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Where and I guess I also thought about this when you were talking about Ahsoka, where it's like the the book. You know, there are certain points in the book that are different from what we got in the Siege of Mandalore arc and, you know, how that creates some, you know, some tension there. I know I saw a lot of people refreshed with that. And it's like, for for you both, you know, if you're reading something and it's, you know, if, if it's a rehash of what we saw on screen, just like in, in, in words and you get to experience it through a new medium, um, or if you take a, a book like the Revenge of the Sith novelization where there are things that are added to the story that we didn't get from the movie, where I think the book is better than the movie by far, but this, the movie is still great. I wouldn't say it's an underrated masterpiece. I think enough people say that as it is, but... Um, Ooh, the curse words <laughs> of Star Wars Twitter. But yeah, how, how do you guys like reconcile that? How do you guys reconcile that where it's, you know, you get books like Ahsoka and, and Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark where, you know, either it conflicts a little bit with what we got or it, it doesn't you know how do you how do you walk that line or is that like a line that you don't mind walk, walking where it's like you're okay with those differences or you're just okay with reading something just you know experiencing something in a different medium if it's still a good experience like that personally i i would i would rather have it be like the revenge of the sith novelization where you're gaining something from it you're getting a mm. you're getting the same story at the end of the day but you're you're getting so much more depth, you know, another great example of that is the rise of Skywalker novelization. For sure. Yeah. I think that enhances the book by a ton. And Ray Carson hit a fucking home run with that one. I love grand slam. I would say, yeah, I yeah, have read I mean, that one too. Yeah. The, the book is fucking great for the rise of Skywalker. That is a beautiful book. Um, you know, uh, my, my favorite part of that book is probably, you know, the, the Luke and Leia stuff was fucking deep. It was mm-hmm. awesome. But mm-hmm. From Leia's perspective, woo, boy, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I would rather it be something like that or, you know, something I really enjoy is the Shakespearean versions of all of the <laughs> Like, no bullshit. Like, really I, know entertaining. I know they're kind of like goofy, but I love them. Like, experiencing it in that writing style, which uh, some of you don't know, but I studied some literature growing up. Um, but <laughs> Shakespeare was, was something I had to focus on for a while there. And, yeah. uh, you know, I ended up getting into it and kind of learning to read and write in the style of Shakespeare and seeing star Wars written in that style is just like, it's really cool. And it's like a throwback to, um, my past learning and stuff. And, um, I, I love stuff like that personally. I, when I came to stories of light and dark, hated it because it was one-to-one. I mean, we're, we're talking literal, take the closed captions, put it on a page, sell it. <laughs> Hated that. 
you got it just like fred you got to add something yeah revenge of the sith novelization i mean that's that's an all-timer i mean we're talking about the star wars bible really yeah. i mean that that's like <laughs> sure that, that's just i could read the first 100 pages of that book over and over and over and over and over again and never get tired of it that's about as good as it gets so when it adds something like that when it adds that emotional value to it when you add something to the characters like they did to anakin and obi-wan when you when you deepen that relationship that you don't really get on screen it's 110 percent worth it to go over it again sure the rise of skywalker novelization i gotta tell you there were parts of that book, like when they were going through the movie part, like the parts that were in the movie, I was kind of like, ho-hum, whatever. There wasn't too much going on. But that book, you know what that book made me say was, why didn't she put the rest of this in the movie? Yeah. Because the, the parts that we didn't get in the movie that were that book were the best parts of that book. Luke and Leia. There was a lot of Maz there, like Maz talking to Rey. I'm like, where the hell was Maz? You know, like if you want a great, like, Here's Leia, but not Leia, and someone that can mentor Ray. Maz is right there. We need more of Maz. <laughs> like Maz I is right Maz. there. Talk about someone that like knows Leia. No one would have any Ma- care about you know Maz speaking for Leia because they know each other, and someone that like understands the Force that can mentor Ray. I mean, she's right there, and that kind of stuff. Like that's what that book made me do is like re just reevaluate the movie. And I think that's a value too. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, for the parts that were recounting the movie scenes that those were the slow parts of that book for me, but everything that I added from Luke and Leia, Ray and Leia, I think the, the book opened up with a scene between Ray and Leia that, you know, wasn't in the movie and that's just their relationship took on a whole new level in, in the book. And then everything, obviously, you know, with Kylo and Palpatine and actually figuring out how Palpatine managed to survive. Yeah. Um, I, I think, that novelization is, is comes right behind Revenge of the Sith there. I think that was beautifully done. Uh, props to Ray Carson. So I, I know that you had said that, um, that you wished, in, in reading the Rise of Skywalker novelization, Ian, you, you had said, you know, why didn't they add this in, in the film? And that's something that I've thought of a lot, you know, and not just with, with that novel in particular, but I know that gets the most flack because there were so many unanswered questions or questions that, you know, weren't even... Yeah, born answered in the movie. Um, but I know there's like a lot of content out there, you know, with Vader Immortal, how we learn more about, you know, his castle on Mustafar and the, the whole, you know, uh, I forget the name of the creature that Kylo encounters at the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker novel on, on Mustafar, where we learn about that creature in Vader Immortal. And there's like all the backstory about Vader and the uh, holocron or, or whatnot on Mustafar through a medium like Vader Immortal, which, you know, isn't part of obviously the the main films and uh or the tv shows and all that and i I don't know it's i've wondered if i'm okay with that where it's just it's encouraging me to consume more star wars media where i can find those kind of answers where you know after watching rise of skywalker i was kind of you know critical of it like why didn't they tell us this in the movie but is it i don't know is it okay to be you know, is it okay to have those answers elsewhere where it's just like another piece of Star Wars media to consume? Or do you think that there are like essential points that need to be included in a show or a film to to answer these kind of questions for the viewers? So Star Wars is 
is obviously very big on, on cross material. I think we know this. I think there's yeah. a lot of opportunities <laughs> in a lot of Star Wars movies, not just Rise of Skywalker, to add in material from other books and comics. Yeah. You could do it as much as you want, quite frankly. Um, but when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to script writing, when it comes to making a movie, you're working with two very important things. First of all, with Star Wars, you're working with you know two and a half hours. You're working with two hours, right? Anything longer than that, you've lost interest. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you just have, right? The three of us could sit through a three-hour Star Wars movie. <laughs> but then you run into the second problem of big-time blockbuster movie making. 90% of your audience is not us three. Yeah. It's the people that have seen just the movies. And they Only go the every year. Lord of the Rings and not the extended edition. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's that crowd. So, you know, you put that thing in the movie and – me, you, and Fred go, yes, look at that from Vader Immortal. Amazing. Everybody else in theaters going, what the hell is that? And then it just never shows up again in the movie. And people are like, what the hell was that thing at the beginning of the movie? You know, a lot of people are like just recently have been very critical of that last scene in The Rise of Skywalker where all these ships come out of hyperspace. And we we don't really ever see any of them up close. People are like, oh, we could have seen all the resistance ships. We could have seen stuff from the prequels. We could have seen this ship and that ship and this ship and this from Vader Mortal and this from the comic and this from this book. And you're like, first of all, nobody knows what the hell any of that is if it's not yeah. us. <laughs> so when you're work especially with the Rise of Skywalker, you're working with a broad-minded audience. You're working with two and a half hours, and you're working with a franchise that's been alive for 50 years that you have to wrap up in those two hours. You don't Hard have task. time. <laughs> I do not envy to, them. <laughs> to see that weird baby spider crawl out of the lava on Mustafar. We don't have time for that. We, as much as I would have loved to get into the nitty gritty in the movie of how Palpatine returned, we don't have time for that. Palpatine returned. That's all you need to know. He's back. He's got another empire. That's all you need to know. That's it. Does it make sense? No. Does any Star Wars make sense? No. That, I mean, that's it. Space wizards. So <laughs> Space do, wizards. <laughs> to answer your question, after all that being said, do I think it's okay that we are driven to other material to find answers for those questions? Absolutely. I think those are the questions that are answered in the books, in the comics. How did Palpatine return? Who the hell knows? Who the hell cares? If you want to know, here's the book. Yeah. Here's the comic. It's very it's a video fair. game. It's very you fair. know. I just I recognize who I am in the Star Wars fandom. I th I don't think a lot of people recognize who they are. I think that's question number one you have to ask yourself: Am I a general fan or am I a fan that consumes all the media? Us three, we consume all the media, right? So we're looking at it from a different worldview. If you're looking at it from your from your uncle who saw Star Wars once in theater in the '70s and now just <laughs> kind of watches them like. He doesn't know what an L-A-A-T is. He doesn't know what Star Wars Resistance is. And he doesn't give a shit. He just came to see the lights and the action. And be, like that's all he came to see. And that's great. That's Star Wars for him. And that's 50% of the audience. That's 75% of the audience. Yeah, yeah I, would say, make, I would say that's probably at least 75 to 80% of the audience. That's who you make the movie for. Like, I'm sorry. That's who you make the movie for. That's, you have that's to. Fair. You have to. Yeah, I mean, in my perspective, I, I pretty much agree. I would love to see all the other stuff in the in the movie. And, you know, I think some stuff should have been in the movie. Absolutely. Like, just a few key things would have been nice. 
But at the end of the day, yeah, like, you know, somehow Palpatine has returned. If that's what we got, whatever, you know, I mean, is it not only the rise of Skywalker, but just the star Wars movies in general, they're not perfect. They're no. never going to be perfect. They never were perfect, but you love them for their imperfections yeah. as much as, you know, the, the joy that the movies bring you. And like, isn't that why we all love revenge of the Sith? Cause every moment's a God tier <laughs> yeah. meme. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's why I love it. There's not Even a moment in that movie Menace. that cannot be made into the a Phantom movie. Menace. <laughs> Look the, at that the entire prequels are a fucking meme fest, dude. I can't tell you how many times I've used the "you must contact me" meme. Like <laughs> fucking Co Bibble, dude. That's my man. I love. Like, Under, I love he's an underrated masterpiece. <laughs> he is. He's an un, dude. He's got some underrated artwork in that beard oh gosh beard (laughs) the beard games the beard game is is strong with that one he looks like the king of the lollipop guild (laughs) 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 anyway um dude andrew man thank you so much for coming on with us tonight it has been an absolute blast and i'm pretty sure those are the exact words i use for every single episode but i always mean it and this is no exception i 100 mean it man this was so much fun and you i have to i have to first thank you before we wrap this up for being as supportive as you are you always watch our stuff you always comment on our stuff um and you know people that really take the time like when i say like hey go watch this on twitter i don't just want people to watch it for the numbers purposes i want people to watch it because my driving force here is feedback I want people to be able to feel like they can give me feedback, good or bad, because that helps me enhance what I'm doing. At the end of the day, I strive to get better and better at YouTube videos, podcasting, even tweets, dude, like anything. So you're always so supportive of both of us, and I just want to extend my thanks there. I, pre- I mean, this has been a, a, a real honor. You know, I, I <laughs> download the podcast episodes whenever they come out. And I mean, I, I like approaching the the Star Wars content creators community uh, with the philosophy that like no one here, you know, I, I know you both run different channels and you, you want, want them to both be successful in their own ways. And you know, I want that for my show as well. But like, you know, we're not competing. You know, this is one, like we're part of a community and, and it's, you know, I, I, I take a lot of joy in just being able to support you guys in, in what you love and all the other content creators I, I can, you know, consume the content of where it's, you know, we're all doing things that we love, you know, with podcasts and YouTube and, you know, reviews and all those different kind of videos where you know, we, we're all passionate about Star Wars and, and I've loved the chance to come on here and to, you know, speak about my passion with, uh, with you guys and to the listeners. And this has been a really fun and, you know, you both, you both do great work and I've, this has been, this has been really great. So thank you so much. No, thank you. No, thank no, you. No, I said, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm for the- <laughs> I know. Oh, that there was go, the there answer. Go. That's the oh, answer we're looking for. I can't believe that is the answer you looking said for. that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the second time this has happened on this on this podcast. We just say I love you, and then someone has to say I know, and it has to happen again. Did I'm, I'm going to go. Did I actually you. say I love you to you somebody said, else? Yeah, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Connor. I don't remember. I love was. Connor too. God I love man. everybody that we bring on here, dude. Like it's it's always so much fun just bullshitting with people, man. Like 
what you guys don't know when you're listening to this is we usually talk for at least 45 minutes before we start recording <laughs> just because we can. Then in between, you know, like could be Zoom wants to kick us off after 40 minutes. So then we have to start again. So we have to find our flow again. So then we end up bullshitting for an extra 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, on top of that, just ending Zoom calls to restart them and all that. We just enjoy talking to people about things in Star Wars they love. So this is always a treat. And again, I want to thank you for coming on. And I want you to tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. So, uh, you know, you can find Outer Rim Reads on, you know, whichever platform you listen to your podcast, whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Radio Public, literally wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, on social media, I have a Twitter account, twitter.com slash Outer Rim Read Pod, and you can find me there. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to start season two on November 3rd. I'll be covering Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into that book. So stay tuned for that. But until then, I've got a few, a few fun episodes planned ahead um, on Tuesday. Um, actually, because will this be coming out on, on Wednesday? This I guess? will be out Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so, so this week I have an episode coming out discussing, uh, walking through and discussing Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir, uh, the four-issue comic, uh, one of my comic. favorite uh, pieces of Star Wars literature, uh, the first comic that I read, uh, the first Star Wars comic that I read. And there'll be a couple of uh, fun episodes after that before starting season two, a uh, couple of tournament episodes, uh, very different from what I usually do. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, really excited to dive into season, uh, season two on November 3rd. So stay tuned wherever you get your podcast for some Claudia Gray, Master and Apprentice. And you may, not, uh, you may or may not hear from Fred here to, to kick us off. Oh, who, me? <laughs> You? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys. So I will be uh I will be joining him for some Master and Apprentice talk. As I said, it's one of my favorite Star Wars books of all time. And uh I actually just finished rereading it again in preparation. It's like my third or fourth time reading it. And, so good. <laughs> uh, I'm probably gonna be reading it one more time just so I'm really ready. You know, I gotta make sure I'm there. Um but uh, Ian, where can we find you, good sir? Where can we find me? Well, where you can, can always find, find me on Twitter, at TalkWithMyHans underscore. I'm always on there, except for this weekend, because baseball was on, and <laughs> baseball's got to take over every once in a while. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube, talking with my Hans. It's just a picture of Hans Solo. Click on it, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the dislike button. You know, get your boys some love. I mean, we are we're killing it on YouTube right now. I just want you guys to be there. Like, honest, like Fred, what you just said, like, I'm not doing it for the clout. Like, I just want people to be there. Like, let's just love Star Wars like one time, you know? So that's what we're all about on YouTube. And I hope you guys can join us. Freddie. Hello. Go ahead. Give, <laughs> give the viewers what they came to hear. Oh, I, I will. You can find me. Hi. Hello. At, Death Star Dispat on Twitter, 14 characters, 15 character limit, whatever it's called. Cut you so, off every time. I know you do, but I got you this time. Wait. I'm talking about the character limit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's out here to cut you off. Well normally, well, normally I say Death Star Dispat, and then you come in, 14 character limit. I did just later. I was just... <laughs> You know, dramatic tension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ha. yeah, uh, just search Death Star Dispat on Twitter. You'll find me there. Uh, you can find me on 
Death Star Dispatch on Instagram. Got the full name there. And of course, on YouTube at Death Star Dispatch, where I am going back to my roots here. I've been doing a ton of toy reviews. I have a massive collection behind me, which the guys have to stare at every time we record. So I dive deep into all of the collectibles that I buy and do reviews. And uh, yeah, we just hit 700 subscribers this week. So that was really, really fun. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, yeah, come on by, hit the the subscribe button, watch my stuff, hit the like button. Thank you, please. Uh, And thanks for listening. As always, uh, we appreciate you guys for being here and uh, we will catch you in the next episode.